Years after a plague kills most of humanity and transforms the rest into monsters, the sole survivor in New York City struggles valiantly to find a cure in this post-apocalyptic action thriller. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining, Ruining Our, our childhood. childhood, a nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That is this podcast, and hi, welcome to another great episode. Episode? <laughs> I'm broke. Yes, you are. Uh, remember two days ago when I literally could not talk at all? No. I kept saying, like, I thought I maybe was having a stroke. I, I kept remember, saying words weird. I do remember us both trying to say a word the other night and we could not pronounce it correctly. Yeah. And then I thought, we should not be recording a podcast today. Yes. Yeah. our mouths are not working. Mine's broken 50% of the time. That's, I don't know. You use it a lot. Hey now. Oh, because you talk so much. You're a jerk. I know. <laughs> Hi guys. It's Ashley. And Ryan. And... Another great episode, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was 10 minutes ago, but apparently it was only one minute ago. <laughs> this week, we're doing a movie. But first, we'd like to thank everybody that's done our poll to yeah. enter to win our t-shirt. Which, if you don't know what I'm talking about, we're giving away a free t-shirt to anybody that joins the Ruiners Club. Not to anybody. To one person yes. that joins the Ruiners Club and takes our quick poll. It's literally three questions. Mm-hmm. And it's a sweet t-shirt that if you can figure out the logos that are on the shirt, you will know some of the future Ruiner Club movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. For the rest of 2020, at least. Yeah. And we had quite a few. Mm-hmm. Some interesting feedback yeah like my leg itches i was gonna say good to know someone's leg itched (laughs) jerks we actually did have very constructive feedback um on quite a few so uh if you haven't done that yet definitely do it so you can enter to win that t-shirt it's free and speaking of t-shirts thank you to anybody that has gone over to our store yeah we've had a couple cells yeah that don't don't include us yeah that don't include me and ashley buying the stickers ourselves yeah we did buy the t-shirts they turned out really nice Mm -hmm. i thought i do want to put up a picture of us wearing them maybe i'll put on some makeup maybe i'll get a haircut yeah you need a haircut you you, yesterday i kept telling him he is hitting john ralphio territory yes on parks and rec we just need to give him a skinny scarf so that he can do his best impression i had the great brainchild of trying to switch the part in my hair yeah and that's what made it so john ralphio because your hair was it was like competing against each other half of it was going one way half of it went the other way and my hair was standing up about four inches high yeah it was a good look my hair is just getting longer and frizzier yeah but anyway that that was was hair talk (laughs) with ryan and ashley this week, we're doing the 2007 classic, I Am Legend, a recent winner of our weekly poll, and Ryan is shaking his head because he's so angry. You guys let me down. Uh, 
did you really have a lot invested in no but it was my movie and i was behind it right okay i get it i don't know why i thought this movie came out in 2008 until today i know it came out at the end of 2007 which probably played into it right we saw it together i know yeah yeah anyway hit us with some 2007 facts by going down memory road t-shirt available now (laughs) this movie was released on december 14th of 2007 it had a budget of 150 million dollars and grossed 585 million dollars damn hey do you guys remember when movies used to make money (laughs) that was nice uh yeah simpler time not no more not no more (laughs) not no more damn you movies uh popular tv shows from 2007 were american idol dancing with the stars and desperate housewives Mm -hmm. popular songs were timbaland featuring nelly furtado and justin timberlake give it to me rihanna featuring jay-z umbrella and the number one song the week the movie came out was alicia keys no one umbrella is 13 years old yep that's crazy oh i forgot to give the popular movies look at me popular movies spider-man 3 decisions were made folks <laughs> uh second most popular were shrek the third and the number three movie of the year transformers i was gonna gonna see if it was another third sequel yeah no i did see harry potter and the order of the phoenix was number five. Oh, number four pirates of the caribbean at world's end the third one in that series wow and also number seven the born ultimatum third in that series <laughs> they said ultimato the ultimato you either get half the tomato or We're all old. the tomato shout out to community uh, do you think people come for the community references on a movie podcast i think I... they come for the delightful banter and they stay for the community <laughs> reference on the movie podcast uh anyway we saw this movie together mm-hmm. it's another we don't have a lot of movies where we did see them together yeah uh, that we've done for the podcast no. obviously will smith is will smith mm-hmm. king of the box office at least in the 2000s for the most part yeah action movie <laughs> zombie type vampire types. are you talking in soundbite <laughs> action movie <laughs> king of the box office <laughs> <laughs> i don't i remember loving this movie because it combined things that I find fascinating, mm-hmm. end-of-the-world type scenarios that could possibly be true. Mm-hmm. I said scenarios. Scenarios. I was being fancy. And then also, I don't know, Will Smith. There's only so many actors that can pull off a movie where he's literally the only part of the movie for a good chunk of yeah. the movie. I haven't seen this in like five years. I was going to say, I don't know the last time I saw it. I do remember when the movie came out, you immediately bought the book. and read, oh, yeah. And you read the book in like two days because you loved it. It And it's a lot different from the movie. Mm. I mean, it has elements of the movie, but like in the book, the monsters can talk yeah. and they're basically human. They're just different. Whereas I think in this film, if I can remember correctly, they're not... They're very monster-like, but they do have a sense of humanity and, like, within themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, a sense of, like, what, some sort of brain function, I guess? Yeah. Compared to, like, regular zombies? They plot. 
Yes. Yeah. They I can remember, plot. They, yeah. They weren't just brains. Yeah. Yeah. No. What do you remember from this movie? Um, the same thing? Very similar. I do remember, like I said, them plotting. And I also I remember him going and renting movies. Yeah. Obviously, he's not renting them. He's just borrowing them because there's no person there. He's not exchanging money. Well, he probably, I think he does bring them back. He does. Which is, he does. He's a you have to, it, good like, customer. Imagine being alone in the world. You have to have some structure to your day. Yeah. And he definitely does, as far as I remember. Yeah. He he had his, like... Timers. Yeah. And... That's very true. We'll, we'll discuss that more after we rewatch the movie, of course. If we want to answer the question, do you think this movie is going to hold up? The only thing that I could see hurting it would have been the CGI. Yeah. And I know it's almost 13 years old, and obviously CGI is constantly evolving, but I don't remember ever thinking it was bad CGI. I think in the depiction of the monsters, you know, they were they looked a little animated, if I remember correctly, but it'll be interesting to see how that's fared. Yeah. So I... I Personally, I think it's going to hold up very yeah. well because you brought up, we both are fans of Will Smith, have liked a lot of his movies. So I think that's going to definitely help. And I don't ever remember thinking it was a bad movie. No, so, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, if you compare it to, if you read the book and then you compared it to that, and I know they did a version of it with Charlton Heston in the 70s. I I've seen parts of it. That. It's a little closer to the book. Okay. But no. Nope. No, never knew it existed until no. 10 seconds ago when it's, you brought it up. It's called like Omega Man or something like that. Oh. I'm going to look it up. 1964's The Last Man on Earth and 1971's The Omega Man. Oh, I didn't know about that first one. And from what I can remember about uh, the Charlton Heston one is that for sure is a little closer to the book in the sense that the monsters are a little more human. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll talk about that when we get back after we uh, go watch this movie. Where can they stream it? Basically, you can rent it on anything if you don't own it. Um, well, and then, like we do. Yes. <laughs> and on Fubo, if you have the Fubo subscription. <laughs> Fubo TV. We've talked about it before. Yep, I know. And I probably made the same joke back when we brought it up the first time. Ooh, speaking of which, it does have like live channels, it looks like. So guess who will be doing maybe a free trial of it when we want to watch the Emmys? <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> For uh, who knows when the Emmys will be and what it will be like. It'll probably 2022. Be on, probably be on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> They're going to have a Zoom meeting to give out Emmys. Ugh, amazing. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and hit the pause pause and come back and talk about I Am Legend. show. Did I even say we we're doing I Am Legend? I don't know that we ever did. <laughs> I, I feel like I said 2007 classic I Am Legend. Anyway. Well, hey, if not. That's the movie we're doing, guys. <laughs> we're doing I Am Legend, guys. So I feel like you said it was a recent poll winner. Mm. Mm. But that doesn't mean we said the name of the movie. <laughs> Uh, well, at least you know now. Yeah. Also, it's on the description of the episode, so. Yeah, very true. Anyway, we'll be right back. Bye. Bye. Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching I Am Legend. 
And we're going to go ahead and kick things off with our first category. Well, hello there. Well, hello there. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. And there was not a lot. No. I think, did we mention that there wasn't going to be a whole lot? I think we did. Or do we just talk about it off podcast? Yeah. Obviously, it's a movie centered around mostly one man. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, not a lot of cast. No. The one person that pops up right at the beginning is Emma Thompson. Mm Mm-hmm making a cameo playing Dr. Crippen, who is essentially the doctor that creates the... Virus? The virus, because she cured cancer, but it actually mutates and turns into this virus that turns most of the world into zombies slash vampires. That's got to be the worst feeling. I created the cure for cancer. She probably was on cloud nine for about 10 minutes mutates kills half the or the majority of the world i wish they would have explained what happened to her mm-hmm. does she die too I, I i mean i would assume i would assume that i feel like could be a whole nother movie yeah like maybe they... she is somewhere holed up similar to dr neville who is will smith's character mm-hmm. trying to figure out a cure too because she has this guilt oh man like I feel like Dr. Neville has this guilt and he didn't create the virus. He was just basically the Dr. Fauci of the yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the cave V. <laughs> That's what they called it. Yeah. That's so true. Like, I feel like the movie's not that long mm-hmm. where they could have added that. Maybe added some more backstory. I think they could have added less of the, I guess what we can wait if you want to wait. Okay. To talk about it, but I'm like, we're getting a little sidetracked. Let's, we can finish Well Hello There and yeah. get to the rest of the plot. Who is your first person? That My you first one, uh, first one, I'll just kind of lump them together. And that's Anne Curry, Matt Lauer, and Katie Couric. Yes. Uh, who Dr. Neville is watching a tape of the Today Show. Right. And they're the play themselves. It's part of his morning routine. Yeah. And I, I will say the only thing that really dates it is. Matt Lauer. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, none of those people host anymore, right? Technically, Mm-mm. but No, yeah. they fired Ann Curry and Katie Couric left and Matt Lauer, we all know about him. They also fired him. Yes. <laughs> My next one was Willow Smith, mm-hmm. who plays uh, Dr. Neville's daughter, Marley, and she's Willow Smith. She's... It was a stretch for her to play <laughs> Will Smith's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she acts. She sings. I, I remember her song. Yeah. The Whip My Hair song. Yeah, I think she has other songs, but... I was going to ask you, I'm like, has she been in any other of his movies? Which I, I don't know. I know, I know Jaden was in like yeah. Pursuit of Happiness, and then obviously was in Karate Kid. And... Right. She does the talk show, the Facebook show that they have. Okay. She's on it quite a bit, too. She's got to be getting quite a bit older now, I'm yeah. thinking. So she's, yeah, she's probably like an adult. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think they all are almost. Well, I would. I think she's, she's the youngest. The youngest. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's where I was going with uh, that. Like, I think she might be the youngest. Uh, who is your next one? Uh, my next one was Sally Richardson Whitfield. She plays Zoe Neville, who is Robert's wife, and she was on the TV show Eureka mm. and uh, Newsroom. Okay, she did look familiar, but I didn't look her up. That's there was cool. not a lot of people to roll with on this cast. No, I guess not. 
The next one I had was Alice Braga, who plays Anna, who is the the woman that saves him Mm -hmm. uh, when he decides to kind of go on his own little suicide mission. She was in Queen of the South, which is a show. Okay. I've never watched, but I've been meaning to watch it. Mm -hmm. And then I... Looks like she's going to be in the new uh, Suicide Squad. And she's in New Mutants, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's got a couple of big uh, up and coming. Right. Those should be hitting theaters in about 2023. <laughs> it was made five years ago, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I think it was. It was I think, made like yeah. three years ago. And God only knows when we'll see movies in theaters. Right. Uh, my next one was Charlie Tehan. He plays Ethan, who is traveling with Anna. Or Anna. Is it Anna? I think she said Anna. I don't know. Okay. He was Sam in Charlie St. Cloud. Yes. And then also he is Wyatt on Ozark. Wyatt Langmore. Yeah. I have to say it like I'm his cousin. Yeah. Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. Wyatt. Yeah. (laughs) Where's three? That's when we started watching Ozark. I was like, "This kid looks so familiar." And mm-hmm. then I remember looking him up. I was like, "Oh, he's a kid from I Am Legend and Charlie St. Cloud." I think this was the first time I ever looked up his IMDb. Mm-hmm. I realized he played the Scarecrow on Gotham. Oh, and he's steadily been acting in well-known things. Good for you. Yeah, Charlie Tan. Yeah, Tahan. Tahan. I don't know how to say your last name. Gesundheit. Did you have anyone else? The only other thing I saw, just because I was when I was scrolling through the cast, I saw Dash uh, Myhawk plays the alpha male, which obviously he doesn't have any lines, but they they used him for basically like the outline and to do all the movement. But he was in Romeo and Juliet. He played Benvolio, and he was in Silver Linings Playbook and something else. Oh, he kind of looks like um, Anthony Rapp or Michael Rappaport. I always say Anthony Rappaport because I'm thinking Anthony Rapp. Anthony Rapp. Michael Rappaport. Rappaport. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, he kind of looks like uh, Michael Rappaport a little bit. Okay. But he was in Romeo and Juliet, which is the movie we did. Yes. He played Benvolio. Probably about a year ago, at least. Yeah. Yeah, it was a while back. I had one. We've had, I believe it would be a cousin of Juggy the Oil Drum. Yes. This one I'm going to call Polly the Propane Tank, who, when the Dark Seekers kind of infiltrate his house, right, and he's trying to shoot them, he realizes there's a propane tank in the kitchen, and I can just shoot that and blow them up. Yeah, that's and true. And so, yeah, he's not quite the oil drum, but it was the propane tank. He did have all of the cars on the street rigged, too, with explosives, which <laughs> I feel like... That's not something common in an action movie, but it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was some low flying helicopter, but it was a little <laughs> on the depressing side right? of things. His his family dies. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Is it such a bad thing? Because who knows where they would have gone, maybe to one of those ships like Anna was talking about. Yeah. Um, that she was on, which sounds like five people survived. That's and very then, true. That could have went really badly. and Yeah, like they were probably doomed anyway. Unless yeah. they were one of the lucky ones that got to that. Spoiler alert, at the end, they do find a, basically a commune or mm-hmm. a safe haven. They had walls, but they didn't. I just felt like with those things, like how did they keep those things out of the walls? That's they a can, great question. They can climb. Yeah. 
I don't know. And Robert had everything Planned thought out on. and had security measures. Like you said, there's just walls. You can climb over them. Yeah. That's a good point. We can get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to... Did you have anything else or did you want to move on? I'm ready to move on. Okay. The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens or the prime of our early 20s, <laughs> uh, where we talk about fashion because there's so much fashion in Ugh. this apocalyptic movie and uh, offensive jokes and dated references. I believe Robert was styled by Tom Ford. If I'm correct, it was just a, it was a fashion icon movie. A lot of Vera Wang, Chanel. Uh, he wears the same shit every day. It's a dark jacket and a gray t-shirt. Yeah, very basic. <laughs> very basic. The only style that I noticed was on the mannequins that he dressed in the video store. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him for doing that because he has to have been going crazy. Similar to Castaway, where Tom Hanks' character talks to a volleyball. Mm-hmm. He starts talking to mannequins, and he talks to his dog, so at least there's one living thing that he talks to. But some of the mannequins were dressed really nice, like the one he had a crush on. Yeah. She had a fur. and She had a nice bob haircut. Yeah, but (laughs) that was literally the only thing. Yeah, there was not much. What about uh, offensive jokes or dated references? I didn't have a ton of offensive jokes, and by ton, I didn't have any. The, and all the dated references for me really were kind of just in the background advertisements. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was an advertisement for XM Radio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not a thing. The only thing I noticed in the background was the ad for a Batman and Superman movie, which yeah. I thought, I think somebody's pointed it out like in one of the, I don't know, a BuzzFeed article or something that it was like kind of t- telling the future of eventually that movie was going to be made. Mm-hmm. But it did say 2010. But I do realize this movie is set technically the start of the virus in, is in 2009. Mm-hmm. So it's actually set in 2012. Yeah. Which is the name of the movie that it went up against. What? Whoa! I like how you brought that all around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when we saw the movie the first time in theaters picking up on the Batman and Superman movie thing and going Mm -hmm. is that gonna come out spoiler alert it comes out in 2017 and it wasn't that great that's true it was a little disappointing but i was super like the thought of it yeah super excited about it. that's true yeah that's pretty much all i had was that shrek was playing when he woke up from the dark seeker attack Mm -hmm. well his suicide mission basically to avenge sam's death yeah the only other thing I had is that he just goes to a DVD store a lot to rent movies to watch. And it sounds like he's been slowly making his way through the movies. Alphabetically. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably something I would totally do. I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, I would do do that. Also, I'd never leave my house. I'm sorry. <laughs> you you got to imagine there's no Netflix to stream, no Hulu. Well, this is all pre that pretty yeah. much. There's probably all the tv shows everything's ruined and you wouldn't be able to get a tv channel yeah so yeah watching totally gonna just watch every movie ever made not a bad way to pass your time no it's not no he has a lot of activities that he does Mm -hmm. keeps a very keeps it tight 
keeps it tight. Working he does out. keep it tight. <laughs> they do have a scene where he's just working out. They did have a lot of Bob Marley playing, and it has a significant, you know, meaning to him as far as it being his daughter's name and yeah. just the message when he explaining to Anna about why he loves Bob Marley too is kind of nice because I think he sees himself as that trying to put goodness in the world yeah. even though it's completely collapsed and total shit show. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to move on to the next category? Yes. So we're going to go ahead and fire up our iPod Classic that's connected to our dock. Oh, my God. Yeah. We had one of those. Yeah. That was neat. And let's talk about some technology. I remember when that was like the highest of tech. Yeah. It's good times. I remember when they had gone away from the iPod Classic like the original style that was the black and white screen to the one that you could watch a video on. Yes. And not even the iPod touch, but just like it had that little, yeah, the little like one and a half inch screen. And I thought that was the snazziest thing in the world. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think they were advertising the eco watch pirates of the Caribbean on it. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was neat. I didn't really have that much in this category other than, his lab had a lot of tech in it. His computer looked a little old. It was a Mac. Yeah. But it didn't look too bad. And then he had like some fancy glasses that had a video camera attached yeah. to them. None of his technology was terribly dated looking. Like you said, the laptop, just because we have Macs, we know what they look like now. If you told me that's a current computer, I'd be like, okay. Because yeah. it's not overly thick. It didn't yeah. look bad. And all of his equipment in his lab looked fancy schmancy. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Mm-mm. The other thing that I had in this category was just some of the CGI was a, l- a little bad, like we suspected. Yeah. Uh, the CGI of the lion family in the beginning was very rough, I guess. Yeah, a little grainy. It was grainy and it just looked, looked fake. Mm-hmm. But and for uh, 13 years old, it's not the worst thing in the world. And same thing with like the dark seekers yeah they don't look great but they also don't look terrible but like you said it was kind of what we expected and what you should expect from a movie that was made 13 years ago right right yeah do you want to move on yes the next category is called is it even good where we talk about the plot and the plot holes and we talk about our funniest and cringiest moments of this apocalyptic movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many funny moments. Uh, so hilarious. Many. This comedy. Um, <laughs> what did you think about the plot? I am guilty of, if you would have told me six months ago that a crazy virus could take over the world, I would have been like, nope, not possible. But it's crazy. I know, obviously, COVID's not nearly as... It doesn't have a 95% kill rate, yeah. as Robert Nimble said in the... <laughs> no. Not not nearly as bad, but I wouldn't even thought that was possible, what we have now. That's true. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it it does hit a little close home. Like I mentioned, like, Dr. Neville ends up being kind of the Dr. Fauci in the sense that he's trying to warn people of this and he's mm-hmm. trying to be helpful. Yeah. But it 
didn't work out, obviously, because the world has essentially ended. Mm -hmm. I thought for what it was, like the virus may be extreme and made up and, you know, for movie sake. But I think how it was handled and mishandled is kind of realistic. Yeah, very realistic, unfortunately. What about any plot holes? I had, I only had one. Because I think a lot of his actions would be the actions. And I'm like, I would have did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned when he kind of creates a suicide mission for himself after Sam dies. I'm like, yeah, I would have did that. Yeah. The only plot hole I really had was when the Dark Seekers have kind of taken over his house. And he's in the basement. And he has Anna and Ethan kind of getting a little cubby. And he's like, stay there till daylight. And then he has a grenade. I don't understand why he just didn't force the door open and throw the grenade. And, and then climb, close it behind him? Climb in there with Anna and Ethan. That's a good question, Ryan. <laughs> it's a very good question. Yeah. I feel like because we do own this movie, mm-hmm. and we've seen it several times, there is an alternate ending. Yes. Where he does survive, or he might do that exact thing. Oh. And they all go to that commune and... Which I don't know why they didn't have that ending. Do you remember how it ends in the book? Uh, they trick him. The Anna character is one of those, the dark seekers. They trick him into thinking that she's human and he takes her into the house and she basically says like, we should be allowed to kill you because he's a hunter. To them, uh-huh. this is the thing, to them and essentially the movie Dark Seekers He's a monster. Yeah. He, at one point, they show a wall of him, uh, of his test subjects. So he's hunted several of these things. So to them, he's a monster who's effectively hunted and killed all these people. Mm-hmm. In the book, it's the same thing. He he hunts them. He studies them. He's trying to find a cure. When In the book, they're actually way more human. They, they can talk. I think they still eat people, but, you know, they can talk. <laughs> um <laughs> And he basically, like, sacrifices himself. I think they, like, hang him or set him on fire, like, witch style. Holy shit. It's pretty dark. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But sorry to get off subject, and I didn't even get to ask you what your plot holes were, but (laughs) you just freaking blew my mind. And I know the book is in the other room, and I can read it. Yeah. No, I I really liked it. Now I kind of want to. Yeah. I do remember distinctly you not being able to put the book down. You really liked it. <laughs> to the point where I took it to work and I literally read it at work. Yeah. Fun fact, Ashley worked retail at the time, guys. <laughs> it's not like she had a job where she was working at the desk and she, you know, during downtime she could read it. No, she was working retail. I was working in a photo lab and I was reading it in the corner. Yeah. Pretending to do photo type things. Yes. <laughs> uh, good times. Okay. Back to plot holes. Um, Sorry. No. Okay. My first plot hole. Okay. I, and and you have seen several YouTube fail videos of people using that pull down bar. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So there's yeah. no way he used that pull down bar and not fallen on his ass, right? <laughs> I I would like to see actual people use that and not fail. That's so true. Yeah. That's a joke. Yeah. He's very fit in he this movie. He is crazy fit. Also, I don't think Sammy would be such a bad girl. And not listen to him and go into that dark... It was actually a bank, I realized. Yeah, because there was was just money on the ground, Yeah, there's money on the ground, and then they showed, like, the safe door. And (sighs) 
It is a extremely well-trained dog. Yes. In the beginning, they show him, like, stop her from possibly getting attacked by a lion, but letting the lion family take the deer that they're hunting. Mm-hmm. And she stopped and, you know, I mean, our dogs would probably ran away in fear, but yeah. she stopped and was like, okay, let's go home. I do have an idea that she was trying to kill him. Whoa. Because she went in that room and then she hid and then he was trying to coax her out and she's like, oh no, I'm scared. But then the minute the monster came and started attacking, she's like, I'm out. <laughs> she just books it. Yeah. And she makes it out way faster than he does. I don't know why she wants to kill him, but no. I'm just saying. Because she ma- he makes her eat all of her vegetables. That's true. She's like, you make me my vegetables <laughs> one more time. Fucking asshole. I know where these things Ooh, are. I'm going to get you. She can sense where they are. So I'm yeah. just saying. Sam was trying to kill him. You might be onto something. <laughs> but then she actually does save him later yeah. in the movie, so. Very true. She does. Oh, uh, did you have any plot holes? Other plot holes? No, that was the only one I had. Did you have any other ones? Um, just his complete ignorance. <laughs> when it comes to the Dark Seekers, he, I think he's gotten to the point where he just sees them as these animalistic monsters who have completely and at one point he says they've completely have gone animalistic they don't even know how to protect themselves anymore because he when he captures the last female dark seeker mm-hmm. to test he mistakes her mate like his almost going out and he's like screaming at him mm-hmm. like he makes the screaming call he mistakes that as like stupidity like he, they don't even know that they're not allowed to go in the light or they die yeah but it wouldn't really. It was like, you just took my mate. Yeah. So. You watch these things with such a better critical eye than I do. I was like, it all makes sense. Yeah. that's And that's his downfall is that he does not give them enough credit. No. But I mean, it's weird because he does give them credit in the sense that he does all these safe things or to safeguard his house, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure he's home at a certain time. He puts iron on the windows and doors and all that stuff. But he doesn't think they're capable of thought or connection. And that's where his his downfall happens because he doesn't realize that they're capable of plotting against him. Yeah, you know? very true. Yeah. Yeah, now I really want to read the book. <laughs> um, what was your funniest liner moment? I kind of just alluded to it a second ago about why Sam would want to kill him. Um, I just like... His interactions with Sam are really cute. Right. But I do like he makes um, her and his breakfast, I think. Mm-hmm. And he keeps yelling at her to not push her vegetables around the plate. And he's like, we can stay here all night till you eat them. And I, you know, it's flashbacks to being a child and your parents doing that to you. Yeah. And uh, doing the same thing when he was giving her a bath like two seconds later, she's kind of whining and he's just like, you should have eaten your vegetables. So it was just cute. All of his moments with her was really, like, sweet and light and fun, mm-hmm. which makes, like, the later scene so so sad. Yeah. Mine was actually when he wakes up with Anna and Ethan in his house, and he walks into the living room, and Ethan is watching Shrek, and he just starts reciting the whole scene verbatim, and then after after awkward silence, he's like, I, I like Shrek. <laughs> This is so awkward and he doesn't know how to talk to human beings anymore. 
After three years, it's understandable. Yeah, but he talks to Sam like she's a human. Like, you just yeah. continue that. And he talked to the mannequins. Like, that yeah. was his way of having some sort of human connection. And yeah. then when humans actually come, he's like, eh, I did. You yeah. ate my bacon. <laughs> I was, I was saving it. <laughs> yeah, his, uh, his, I like Shrek. Yeah. That's cute. Um, oh, but also, when he, the scene before. He falls into the Dark Seekers trap and he's like talking about his birthday and he's like, are you planning a birthday party for me? Like to Sam and stuff. It was cute. Be honest. I'll act surprised. (laughs) Just tell me. Um, What was your cringiest minor moment? I struggled to find a cringy moment and I kind of settled on Anna not knowing who Bob Marley was. (laughs) Yeah. She's younger. But she even said, do you mean Damien? So, okay, you know who Damien Marley is. Yeah. So you should know who his dad is. That's true. I mean, Damien Marley isn't super mainstream either. So you no. would think if you knew who he was, you would yeah. know. Yeah. And well, I do like. That could be a plot hole. But I did like when he was like, Robert starts singing, I shot the sheriff. And then just the way he hits the high notes. Yeah. He's like. <laughs> but I did not that was good. Yes. Um, I just did the moment he had to kill Sam. Uh, because it's just so sad. It really and, is. And then he was started singing Bob Marley, which he ruined that song. I think this movie has ruined that song for me because whenever I hear that particular song, mm-hmm. I think of him being alone or being afraid like he's like holding uh sam in the bathtub like in the very beginning and you just hear the sounds of the dark seekers which i think this is one of those movies where i i feel like the beginning scenes before you see the dark seekers are so much more creepier and then when you see them you're not they're creepy but it kind of almost ruins the illusion yeah because they build the suspense with you where you just see the back of them and it's right. real quick yes so yeah or just the sounds of them are frightening and you hear like them running in packs mm-hmm. you know and but you just see his reaction to it or especially in the scene where he's in the dark bank looking for sam and you can hear noises but you see like the fear in his eyes and that that's scary mm-hmm. and that whole scene just reminded me of because it's like dark hallways and you're just waiting for something to lunge out of playing resident evil when i was like 12 <laughs> with my friend because my brother had it and just there's one part of the uh video game where you're in the house mm-hmm. and it's just these this long dark hallway and i just remember like walking very slowly down the Long, dark hallway waiting for a zombie to pop out. <sighs> and the only thing that I can think of that even compares was when we used to play Left for Dead. Yes. And we would be sweating. Oh, and then like the the witch, the the noise the witch zombies would make yep. remind me we of... We would panic and we're like, get away, get away, get away. <laughs> Is that what they were called, the witch zombies? Yeah. Or... Yeah. yeah. They would scream. Yeah. yeah. God, yeah. I love that video game oh that game was so damn good yeah we'd get so many fights <laughs> playing it uh, not as much as uh super mario brothers no yeah this has been domestic violence with ryan and ashley We're brought to you by video games <laughs> um 
that's pretty much all I had. I think we talked about everything else. I'm glad we had a a name or that Anna calls them the Dark Seekers. It's like the last like 20 minutes of the movie because mm-hmm. I, as I was writing notes, I was like, what are these things called? Monsters, vampires, zombies? And then she says the Dark Seekers. And I was like, that's a perfect name yeah. to use during the podcast because otherwise I'm going to be calling vampire zombies. Yeah. The bad guys. Zompires. I just, uh, the only additional note I had mm-hmm. was when Robert and his wife and daughter are trying to like get to the helicopter and they scan his wife and she tests fails. positive or whatever, you know, fails the test and he freaks out and he was like, test her again. And they test her again and she passes. Right. Which I'm like, eh, it goes along with just poor testing. And th- that did make me think like they're sitting there scanning people to let them onto the, the airplanes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so if the test isn't very accurate, you're essentially denying a bunch of people passage because your test is faulty. Or on the other side of things, it could be faulty in saying that the person's fine and they're getting on exactly. an airplane and they're going to attack people. Which probably happened. Yeah. I would explain how it spread so damn rapidly. Of course, in I wouldn't be surprised if our government did this. They blow up the bridges so that mm-hmm. people couldn't leave while people are getting transported on these helicopters and it causes two helicopters to crash and his family's on one of them. Yeah. So great job, US government. Are you ready to move on? Yes. I don't know why I yelled that. <laughs> As always on Ruining Our Childhood, it is award season. We give out two awards every week, the first of which is the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who did you give your award to? There's so many to choose from. Oh, so many. There wasn't. I ended up giving it to Ethan, Charlie, to hand, just because from what I remembered in this movie, I thought him and Anna show up a lot earlier. Mm. And they're really only in the last like 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And he barely has any lines. I don't even know if he has a line. I gave it to the same person. Okay, good. And it was for the same exact reason. I think he has one line. He doesn't serve a purpose Mm -mm. other than to remind Robert of his own daughter who he hasn't forgotten about. He has nightmares about her all the time. Yeah. I don't know. He didn't really serve a purpose. Like Anna served a purpose. Mm -hmm. He not so much. Yeah. I I don't know why he's there. Yeah. And and we like Charlie Tahan. Yeah. He's he's a great actor. But in this movie... and it just goes back to whoever wrote it and or you know wrote direct it. wrote it and whoever directed it because yeah, it's just no, very I mean, poorly developed yeah. yeah and i mean i guess you could say anna is too or anna mm-hmm. but at least she kind of served a purpose like she delivered his cure to the commune mm-hmm. i don't know if there's a doctor there that could apply it to anything but you know she got out. She survived. For all we know, Emma Thompson's there. Who? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I said Emma Thompson. <laughs> For all we know, Emma Thompson is there. I would think that people would not allow her to be anywhere near them. That's a good point. She might. She probably got murdered. <laughs> yeah. No one, I wouldn't blame him. 
or she's in a cabin somewhere trying to, like I said earlier, trying to do the same thing that Robert Neville has done, try to fix her mistake. Yeah. But. Very true. Um, do you want to go to the next award? Mm-hmm. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give your award to? I bet you can guess, but I gave mine to Will Smith. I thought you were going to say Sam. <sighs> Sam was awesome. That's obviously Will Smith's main scene partner. Right. And I like the scene where Robert had chased her into the bank, and there's no talking, really. And he sells you on how terrified he right. is. You can hear the noises he's making as far as his heart beating and just his facial expressions and just everything just in that scene where like he doesn't even need to talk yeah and you feel the terror i remember watching that in theaters and being scared to death i'm pretty sure i was like clenching my fist because it's the darkness it's Mm -hmm. the again like i said a couple minutes ago it's the not really knowing what you're looking at yeah. Like, or what you're expecting, what the monster is supposed to look like. Because at this point, they hadn't shown them. I'm pretty sure when they showed them, I gasped. I was like, <gasps> From behind, they're they're scarier. Like, mm-hmm. the less you know about them, I think the scarier they are. But then when you start showing them more, like, when they're attacking, they're, like, scary because they're fast zombies, essentially. But they're not as scary. Yeah. I kind of wish they would have went the other way around and actually took the time to do makeup and stuff but i know that probably would have been expensive some of the stuff that they had them doing like climbing on top of that arch yeah by the park park. yeah yeah if you would have had humans rather than the cgi yeah i would have took that i also gave it to him Mm -hmm. just because like we said this most of this movie was just him and sam the dog and it was still really interesting yeah. He carried the movie himself pretty much. And, you know, the lighthearted moments were nice between him and Sam. And then those scenes where you could see, like, the sadness or the loneliness in his eyes, especially, like, at the video store. Mm-hmm. It was, he did a really good job. He's obviously one of the most famous actors, a very talented actor. So, and this movie depicts that yeah. well, I think. I kind of forgot about it when he was in the video store and he was pleading with the mannequin to say hello to yeah. him. And then when he, uh, one of the scenes I wanted to talk about, but I, I decided to wait for this moment, was when he f- sees Fred not in his place because it's a trap. Mm-hmm. You could tell like in his mind, he's going through his head, like going, am I going crazy? Did I move them or did he move him? Is he real? Yeah. It, but again, he ignored the clear, simple fact that these dark seekers moved him and it was a trap and he walked right into the trap because he underestimated them at every turn yep so good job way to go robert i think he was just so blinded by his need to try to fix the problem and he wanted to fix the world Mm -hmm. even though the world was pretty much gone it's a shit show but also i i would like to point out he's a very flawed character in the sense that he, it's like his way only. He can only see his way, which is to try to solve this problem. He doesn't divert from his regiment down until... To, yeah, down to the fact when Anna tells him about, you know, there's a safe place. He doesn't want to believe it. Yeah, 
he he's like no everyone's dead of course i think that's like a a movie ending happy ending where there it happened to be true which i think nowadays i i don't see that being true in a movie where i would be like let's end the movie on her actually finding the commune and everything everything's better and obviously it's not but yeah it's like a little bittersweet i guess mm-hmm. i don't know but yeah i'm glad we had the exact ones <laughs> There was not a lot to choose from. That's true. That's true. I did want to give a award to Sam the dog for being the best dog. Yeah. She was a very good girl. She was a very good girl. She tried to help him. I mean, I know I said earlier that I think she was planning to kill him, but I think she was just trying to, you know, get him back for trying to get her to eat vegetables. Very. Who can blame her? Yeah. Hmm. Um, But I did like (laughs) when he had to cut himself down from the trap and he stabs his leg mm-hmm. on accident and she's just like giving him kisses she's like is this helping <laughs> is this helping uh, which dogs. is what our dog was would do yeah. yeah so should we answer the question does this movie hold up and what do you think i think it's an exceptional movie outside of a couple you know, cgi issues but i think when i watch it now i go i wish it was longer and there was a little more to it I feel like it's kind of a short movie. It's kind of the complaint I had about Dark Phoenix when we saw it was when I left. I was like, that was a really short movie. I wish there was more plot to it. I wish they wouldn't just rely on, I don't know, that movie was horrible. It was a shit show. (laughs) But this movie here, very good movie. Uh, I agree with you that I think that it could have dived into the world a little more. Mm -hmm. I even was thinking that, so throughout the movie, whenever he goes to sleep, they give you a little bit of a chunk of what happened to his family Mm -hmm. and kind of what happened to the world. I think that they could have honestly showed the whole scene of how his wife and daughter died in one dream sequence, but then other dream sequences show maybe like the world collapsing because they show, obviously when you open the movie, you see New York is in disarray, trees and nature's taking back over, which... There was a documentary where they showed, like, yeah. was it Chernobyl? Yes. Where they actually showed how how that has happened there, mm-hmm. where, like, trees and, Can like, nature's... roads and stuff, yeah, yeah. trees and nature have taken back over. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was well done, because I think in some movies, they always try to, like, make, like, the cities look pristine, like, somebody's still landscaping these cities for some reason. But where was I going with this? Oh, at one point, there's, like, a... Like a whole building has been quarantined or there's plastic draped over the whole building. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I would like to see what is happening to these people. Like how and how did he survive through this rush of there were still tons of people there. Yeah. You're on you're in Manhattan. Yeah. I'm like, what like what was his day to day survival like when there were still people still living? And how quickly did it change to where we are at the beginning of the movie? Obviously within the three years, but has he been alone for like two and a half years, you know? Yeah. And like you said, how did you survive it? Yeah. That's... He sticks to a strict routine, but how did he get to that point? Yeah. Where he's literally the only person. And did he try to save? Did he... You know, like there's so many questions. Like, did he lock himself away and then wait for the world to end and then start going out? I don't know. Yeah. Definitely... Someday they need to remake this, make it longer, yeah. and the CGI will hold up at that point. But give us 
more beef. Yeah, I think it's like the premise is really good. And it's kind of like The Purge where I know you've never seen The Purge, but I've seen a majority of them where the idea is really good. It's mm-hmm. just the first movie did not did not do the idea justice. Whereas I think the other movies, I've never seen the TV show, but have done a little bit more of the plot justice in the world that they live in. But the first movie was kind of too concentrated on one family and what they were going through. And I think it's similar to this where it, I think it's like too concentrated. Yeah. Um, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. It's a really good movie. And Will Smith was fantastic. Yes. He deserved the Tom Hanks Award. He definitely did. Because, again, there's only so many people that can pull off a movie by themselves. When I was on the uh, Wikipedia, they kind of mentioned how long this movie had been in development and some of the people that were attached to it at various points. Uh-huh. And they had wanted Schwarzenegger, Tom Cruise. At one point, it was going to be Nicolas Cage and directed by Michael Bay. <sighs> and I know that's like a nightmare sentence for you. <laughs> So I think we're good that they settled on Will Smith and I was just thinking of like Nicolas Cage with his hair from Con Air with his accent from Con Air. And his screaming from Wicker Man. (laughs) (laughs) God. Yeah. So good. No, I think I can't imagine anybody else in this role in the sense that they could have the emotional depth. Yeah. I mean, I'm, there's plenty of good actors, but none of the ones that you just said, no, not <laughs> no. at all. Not uh, Nicolas Cage. Did we answer the question, does it hold up? I said I thought it was exceptional, so yes, it did hold up. I th- I don't know if I officially said it did, but it yeah, I think it holds up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. It is. Despite its few flaws. Mm-hmm. It's another one for the holds up. Yeah, for sure. What movies are we going to possibly do next week? Uh, next week, we do have a Robin Williams-themed poll, Ooh. and it's Jack mm-hmm. versus Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. Wait, who is your pick going to be? Ooh. I'm going to have to go Mrs. Doubtfire. I did see both of them in theaters and loved them both, but I'm right. going to go Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. I do have a little bit more of an emotional connection to Jack, so. Okay. Worked out good. Yeah. So that will be our poll next week. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I did not. Okay. I hope you guys have a nice week. Thank you again for listening. If you do have a moment and you haven't yet, why don't you review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts as it's called now because it hasn't been called iTunes in a while. No. Uh, you know, just a little few nice words would be nice or even mean words i don't care just, just give us a review give us a review and also uh get over there and join the ruiners club yes it's free on our website ruiningourchildhood.com okay bye okay bye